Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, BattleBars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hey guys, and welcome back to Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga. My name is John, and I am your host, Dungeon Master, and narrator in this podcast. This is episode 10. In this episode, we're going to continue to follow Sovan, and he's going on a deep, deep journey. It's going to be a good one, guys, so stay tuned. Most of the beautiful music used in this podcast is brought to you by Fesslian Studios. Please go to their homepage and take a gander at what they have. It's so amazing. And let's not forget the sound effects which make this podcast come so much more alive. Brought to you by BattleBards.com. Now there is an affiliate link on our profile so you can click so you can go to BattleBards and get a discount on subscriptions. By doing so, you let them know that Nordic D&D sent you. I want to show you a little taste of what BattleBards can provide. And after that, we're going to have a stop at Camp Lore. And then we're going to continue listening to Sovan. If you like cool sound effects like we use in this show, like this one. And that one. Some of this. And visit us at nordicdnd.podbean.com or our YouTube channel. Take the link to battleparts.com, then you'll get a discount on subscriptions. So... Krimna did a lot of damage, as I understand, here in the Dark Age, and corrupted many here. Luckily, he never got to the elves, huh, Grandfather? Well, he kind of did. Well, almost. What do you mean? Before Velra and the missionaries were able to push Grimna back, he turned to a section of elves who had wandered off far from the forest, living on a rocky mountain hill. They had warred with the dwarves there, and killed them all. I'm sorry? What did you say? You mean the dwarves did, right? No. I did not. Let me tell the story, boy. It was the elves, like I said. It was a rageful massacre. Oh my. But why? Well, some say it was for revenge. For something the dwarves had done. Some say it was an evil and bitter heart that pushed the elves to take the mountain hill by force for themselves. But I find it hard to believe neither. Something happened there between those elves and the dwarves that is kept out of the stories. No kin of mine has ever done such a thing for a piece of land. But so the story goes. Anyway... Grimna was found in the mountain. And after the slaughter of the dwarves, the elves changed and became... Well, it's hard to explain. They became not right in the head. Now, if this is before the slaughter or because of it is a good question. But one thing is certain. They wanted to be free of it. And Grimna enticed them 
offering them release of a heavy heart and he lured them in underground and there they were a long time and Grimna tried to turn them all over to his control to use them to push the darkness further on Ariana and he offered them then new power by worshipping him and they became the first dark elves but luckily the missionaries and the light of Valdra had won over the darkness and reached the dark elves so Grimna did not finish his plans for them the darkness was pushed back and light shined again on Ariana in Grimna's last step to steal away the free will of the Dark Elves and put them under eternal state of slavery had failed. So they kept their free will and lived their own lives now, some as normal commoners, but yet others still choose to worship Grimna, wanting what was promised to them, his power and dark glory. Okay, but I must say, Grandfather, I'm a bit shocked. I never thought elves would be capable of such things. So that's how the Dark Elves were created. But I don't understand why, after keeping their free will, some still worship Grimna. Strange. I know, boy. There's much one does not understand. Power can be an evil thing. Well guys, this was another stop at Camp Lore. Now we're going to continue our journey with Sovan, played by Charstan Johansson. Last episode, Sovan had arrived to Canyon, where he was searching for the brothers O'Neill Steel. At the time he arrived, it was late, so the shop was not open. So he tried to sneak his way in. That did not go so well. Time and time again he failed to stay quiet and the two brothers became more and more uneasy. In a desperate last attempt, Sovan, who was invisible at the time, had no choice but to reveal himself because they were seconds from finding him. So he reveals himself and his eyes light up and he started to threaten them with their lives and they became terrified not knowing what in the world had summoned itself in their house. So in deep fear they did what Sovan demanded and they led him to Iris who was bound in a chamber under the floor in the kitchen. And when we left them they were on their way upstairs to have a talk Iris to Sovan. And Sovan took a look at the brothers as he passed them and said to them and went up the stairs. Here we will continue <laughs> the story. Stupid idea. Um, and as you walk upside, Iris uh, takes the chairs and sits down just to gather herself. She finds a piece of chicken on the table and just starts eating it to get some energy. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> then she looks at you and said, but Sovan, I've been inspecting you, boy. You've been expecting me? I have, yes. What? Since the last time I met you, I read your poem and I saw a line. 
which show great things in your future. But you are not ready for that information, but I see now in your eyes you have changed. Yeah, I've changed. I actually after I I saw you and talked with you, I got more curious about my about my being or how, who I am and why this has happened to me. And that's actually why I came back. But you already know that. I I do, but tell me what have you experienced? I I have experienced a lot of things actually. Um, have you heard in Ronan about the Silverstein family? I rumors travel fast around here, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was actually part of the group that uh, that uh, that helped the Silversling family, and we captured Mike Silversling and brought him to justice. I see, but that is not what I want to hear, Sovan. I want to hear about the things you find out about yourself. Oh. Well, tell me what have you found out, or what do you not know about yourself? I do not know a lot of things, like I don't know why I can summon this, and then I'll summon my packed weapon. And as, as it reappears, her eyes just become white. Uh, there she is, it's a beauty. And as she's talking, you hear the brothers downstairs say, Can we come out? And she walks over to the door and slams it in the ground. She says, You wait down there! And uh, she takes a stick on the, that's just lying on the, uh, um, on the floor and jams it so it kind of locks. I, yeah, okay. I don't want to be disturbed right now. No, me neither. So, thank you for that. So one, there is much you must learn now, and there is much you must do now. But we need to go back to my house, for there is something I need to give you. Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, thank you, Iris. I, I really appreciate everything you're doing for me. It is why I am here. I really do. It is my purpose. I have been waiting a long time for you, Sovan. You've been waiting for me? I have. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, I have one more question, actually. Do you know what this might be? And then I'll... I'll... Uh, uh, I'll let my eyes shine again. And then radiant light lights up your eyes. And as you more let it go, it lights up the room and you see the expression on Iris's face. Yes, there it is. That is what I want to talk to you about. You are not a man. You are Asimar. I'm sorry, and what? You... Ar Asimar, a divine being created by the god Valdra. A divine being? And there is more to you. Uh, yes. That explains. I have this 
you know, like a second language in my head that I haven't been able to use yet. You know, I know hmm. my thoughts in my head, I know how to speak this language, but when I try to put it out in words, it's just mumble. No, man, it's called Celestial. Celestial? You speak of another tongue only spoken by the Asimar and those in another plane of the divine. And she grabs your hand again, pulls it to you, looks at it. Ah, look at that line. There's so much I need to tell you. Come, we must go. And she just pulls you out of the house. I'll just follow. And as she's standing outside, where is your horse? Uh, my horse is at Pomisam. We'll come and on, boy. We must hurry. Yeah. And then we'll hastily go to, to the inn. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry, Iris, but I haven't eaten in forever and I haven't had a drink. Do you mind if I go in and grab something and just eat it while we're, we're on the road? No, that'd be fine, boy. I don't want you to pass out on the tree. Thank you. It is not that far, but oh, we need not that to far, eat. But yeah, I need to eat. I will make the horse ready. I will feed him some hay. All right. Just go inside. All right, thank you. I'll be right back. And then I'll, Hurry. I'll head into Purimisan and I'll buy, uh, I'll buy something to drink and something to eat. Okay. Um, uh, as you come to the inn, Purimisan... Um, <clears throat> this time you go just through the crowd, straight to the bar, um, as you just described. And then there is um, a man standing uh, at the door putting bottles uh, on its place. And... Um, okay. Yeah, I'll just you know, raise my yeah. hand and say, excuse me, sir. How can I help you? Uh, do we have any dishes that are... Very quick. Yeah, we have, we have some yeah. lamb stew. It's very fresh, actually, the lamb we butchered yesterday. I recommend it. All right, uh, can you just put it in a bowl and uh, give me something to drink? What would you like to drink? Would you like some ale? Uh, no, not. not uh, do we have any non alcoholic beverages? I have, we have milk. Milk? Uh, yes, fine, fine. So give me give, give a pint of milk and one of the lamb stews. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And he tells one of the waitresses to go get it. There will be ten copper pieces. Ten copper pieces, yeah, yeah. Uh, as I uh, rummage through my pocket, I can only find silver pieces, so I'll just take one and leave it on the counter and say, uh, you can keep the change. Most grateful, though, thank you. Oh, wait, and ten copper pieces is one silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he <laughs> turns it back and looks at you. Wait a minute. That's not funny. That's not funny at all. I, I'm sorry. And he turns I'm, around. I'm sorry, sir. He puts, continues his work with a bottle and it goes about seven minutes and then uh, uh, this girl comes out with a giant wooden mark, milk, and a bowl and a, with lamb stew. Thank you, thank you. And as I'm standing there, I think to myself, of course I can't bring this because I'll be stealing their gold and mug, so I'll just try and 
it very fast and just uh, <coughs> and just chuck the book. Okay. Can you roll a dexter knife? Okay, fine. Um, and as you finish eating very fast, you come outside and Iris is sitting already on the horse, uh, but from her size, her f- feet are all, almost touching the ground beside him. Um, uh, she's she's standing. The moon is right behind her, very bar, very large, brightly, um, and it's clear sky. Okay. Come on, boy. We must go now. Do you think this horse can carry us both? Yeah, she be strong. She taps him on on, on the shoulder. Oh, okay. On one of the legs. Well, I'll just jump on and I'll try to. Uh, to uh, manage the pace according to the weight on the horse, so it doesn't wear out. Um, and uh, as you uh, you see that she her hands lits up, she touches the the horse, and she seems like she is mumbling something to it, and it takes <laughs> off. Okay. She says, "I will guide you," and then they go. So we off to Little Canyon. Yeah, back to Little Canyon. Um, it's night and the pace is very fast. Um, and nothing happens on the way until you are back at Little Canyon. Okay. <clears throat> Just one uh, little detail. Yeah. As we are riding back to uh, Little Canyon, and I'm yes. sitting at, uh, in the back of, uh, of, uh, of our horse... I will gently close my eyes and just try and speak in celestial. Does the language, you know, like flow through me? Do I speak clearly? It seems like you just automatically speak very fluently. Okay. I will try and say in celestial. Valra. Do you hear me? Um, as you say that, you don't hear a response, but you feel like a warmth over you. Like heat is coming to you. Like there is some presence of divinity, but you don't hear anything. Alright, I'll just... And as you do that, your eyes glow uncontrollably. Okay, <clears throat> I'll open my eyes and like, kind of, I'm kind of in a shocking state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll look around and I'll, I'll take my hand and look at my palm to see if it lights up too. There is a faint glow on your hand when okay. you look at it. I'll, I'll just say, you know, uh, I'll say it out loud, but not, you know, like on purpose. I look at my hand and I just say, amazing. And as you look up from your hand again, you see uh, Iris looking behind and say, yes, man. By the way, there will be more. And then she like pulls on the horse. (laughs) Like, hurry on. Okay, and as we ride, I feel this feeling of excitement and purpose. Yes. So as you come close, um, you wait straight 
to uh, Little Canyon. Now it's 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 past midnight, um, so it's early in the morning, two in the morning, when you arrive to Little Canyon. So it's right. very quiet outside. Uh, some people are maybe drunk, rolling uh. around <laughs> from the inn, going to their homes to uh. sleep. But it seems like everyone is uh. sleeping. Okay. Except what's except what's the, the time at this? Uh, approximately. Two o'clock at night, or in oh, the morning. Oh, in the morning. Okay. Yeah. And she rides straight for her house. Iris yep. herself. And uh, she comes up, and of course, she, by the shock look of her her home, she stands a bit still and shakes her head and, uh, later, and she goes inside. And she moves uh, some cabinets that have been torn around uh, to get to a wall. There's only one side of the wall that is bricked, the other is wood. And then she gently removes one of the bricks right. from the wall. Uh, and behind it you see that there's a ch- small chest. And she takes out the chest and it's, it's full with whip and dust, like it's been there a very long time. Now, my time to fulfill my purpose will come. And she opens it. And you see that there's something inside a cloth. And she takes it out. And she gives it to you. And then there's another cloth inside. And she takes that. And she keeps that to herself. Okay, I'll just look at it. It's just a piece of cloth. Just a piece of cloth, but there's something inside. Okay, I will. You, you can feel by the weight of it. Okay, yeah. I will remove the cloth to see what's hidden inside. As you open it, you see that there is a small triangle and it's extremely sharp on two of the edges. It has silver lines on the sharp edges and it's gold in the middle. And the two edges are, like I said, sharp and the last one has ridges on it, like broken ridges. Like it's broken off something. Okay. Uh, Iris, what is this? I cannot tell you. I can only show you, man. But now you must take a journey. And this journey can be very dangerous. But it must be fulfilled. It will be like a test to see if you are the Chosen. Chosen? I will have to send you to the Shadowfell. Do you know this? To the what? No, of course, you do not know this place. The Shadowfell is like a land like this, but it is covered in shadow and death. Oh. I will send you there and this artifact in your hand will draw you to a place that you must go. But I tell you so one, do not stray away from the path. Cause if you do so, I cannot get you back here and you will be lost in the shadows. You, you'll not come with me? No, I cannot. This trip is for you alone. You are to face your destiny now, boy. The rest of your life starts now. I feel this 
excitement inside of me, but it's also it's mixed with a bit of fear. Fear is good. It makes you careful. Only the dumb have no fear. They run into death. No. Feels like I'm running into death. No. You will be guided. There will be eyes upon you. But just do as I say. Do not wander around and go off the path. You will be able to speak with me. I cannot speak with you. But you will hear a voice of someone down there. You will meet someone. Someone who is longing to meet you. She takes your hand, holds it very close. You must trust me, Zoran. Alright, I I trust you. My entire life has been waiting for this moment. It is our intertwined destiny. When you come back, I will tell you everything. I will tell you who you are. And now, what you are about to become. Alright. I trust you and I will complete this mission. I must say I... It's all very overwhelming for me, but... I feel it too. This is where I'm supposed to be. It is. I will go. She takes uh, the table that's been also turned around on her floor and lifts it back up. She takes some of her clothes that have been lying on the floor and winds it up like a pillow, lying it on the table. Boy, lie on this table for me. Okay. I'll just, you know, sit myself up and lie down. Okay, this is very weird. Then she opens the cloth that she has, and inside you see that there is a black flower that's been dried and the root is still on it and then she like folds it up inside its own leaves so it becomes like a caterpillar by the look of it eat this boy and it will bring you to the chateau fell eat it yes be not worried boy when all is done you will return here I'll be waiting for you. Dear God. Do you know how long it will be? Until I return? Yes. Mm, for you, it may only be seconds. But for me, maybe a week, maybe a month. The time is very unstable in Shadowfell. It does not reflect the time here. Not the way we count it. But I will watch over you. Because when you reappear, you will reappear right here on this table. Well, okay. Ooh, okay. I'll just take the flower and swallow it whole. She puts her hands on your head, like covering your eyes. And she starts speaking in a language that you don't understand. Uh, chanting. No, and you hear that her voice, female-like voice, becomes more deep. And you feel warmth coming over your body. And as this is happening, I close my eyes and I say, Valor, please Skype me. I know I do not know you. I've heard of you, of course, but... I never knew our paths with 
with would intertwine like this. Therefore, I ask of you, please, please help me. And then you hear a, you hear a very faint whisper, like, "I am with you, my child. Fulfill your destiny." And then you feel some strong pain going through your body, and your falchion or your sword reappears uh, in your hand. Just the shadow over you is covering your body, and then darkness. What's up, Nick? And in this darkness, it just feels like you're falling. An endless fall, and you see nothing. You just keep on falling. And then all of a sudden, you land on the ground. You stand up. You look into the void. Hello? 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 And you look upon this desolate place, reminding you a lot of Ariana. Just covered in darkness and decay. Is there one here? You seem to hear nothing. And as you look out in the horizon, you see the only source of light is a broken moon, barely shining at all. Hello? Hello? Nothing is to be heard. Utter silence. You've never felt so alone in your entire life. But then, all of a sudden, a tingle in your hand, which turns into a vibration and starts to pull on you. Suddenly, your hand lifts up your arm to your shoulder height and starts pulling and pulling on you. Like it's trying to lead you somewhere. It's pulling you north. Okay. I guess I have to trust you. And I'll just try and follow wherever I feel like it's guiding me, of course. And for a moment, the pulling of your hand kind of stops. And you can open your fist and you see that it's the artifact that Iris gave you. This steel and gold triangle. Okay. I'll try and look at it if it's... Check if it works, you know, like a compass or anything. And yeah, it kind of does. Now the pulling has stopped in intensity so it doesn't like move oh. your arm upwards again but but you feel it like it's magnetically drawing you in a direction in a path that is barely visible for you okay i will walk towards that direction and you look upon a landscape that reminds you a lot like Ariana, but it's corrupt, broken and dried. The trees are leafless and dead. The ground is cracked and dried. You see carcasses, bones of dead animals lying around. There's no plants. Every river and pond is dried. It is other decay to look upon. And then you started hearing whispers. Come here. Come here. Come. Come to us. Over here. I do not care for this place. 
what's happening? I'll try to. I'll close my eyes. Just try and you know, f- focus. I. I know. I. I feel uncomfortable in my own body. If you know what I mean. And as you try to move, it's kind of like moving underwater. It's kind of slow motion, not as slow as in in real water, but the likeness is coming. Disturbing, in fact, because there's no water in it. Then as you're walking, you kind of feel the vibration is still in your right hand, but something is pulling you on your left. This kind of startles you because a second ago, no one has been seen anywhere around this place. When I look, do I see anything? As you look up, you see this woman covered in shadow pulling in your hands and come here. My longsword again. And as your blade reappears, she evaporates. But you see claw marks on your hand where she has been pulling you. But she's gone. And I'll just walk with it in my hand. But I'll follow wherever that woman would guide me. So as you are trying to go off the path, you feel the vibration in your right hand drawing you still north as the path. Trying to lead you the other way. Away from where the woman was pulling you. Oh. Okay, I'll follow the artifact. So you're staying on the current path. I'll stay on the path, yeah. Okay, the, the path is crooked, narrow, vaguely seen on the ground, but it leads you north in the vibrating artifact in your hand, with a broken, crusted moon behind it. And you walk farther north. And when you've been walking for a while, you started hearing vague crying. Unless you try to intensify your listening, it sounds like the crying of children. Moping. Weeping. <laughs> Help me. I want to go home. Help me out of here. Mommy. What on earth is this? I look at my hand and see if uh, the artifact draws me towards the the crying children, or if it pulls me in another direction. Well, the artifact is pulling you still north, which is away from the children. I will walk towards uh, toward one child, and I'll try to lay my hand on the cheek to see if it actually passes through, if these are just illusions, or if they are actual children. So as you walk. Towards the child, it holds his hands up to you like a, a, a baby calling for its father to pick me up. It's looking you straight into your eyes. And as you come close to put your hand on its cheek, it vanishes like a fog and your hand goes through it. Now you're still standing on the path, on the edge. And you see this child again, but further, further away, still standing there, holding its arms, reaching out to you. Mm. Okay, as I suspected. I will keep my, I will try to keep a clear head and just follow the directions again. I will stop at nothing. Okay, so you go walking the path once more. 
trying to avoid any distractions and it takes a long while to walk and after that while has passed you come to the end of this narrow path and you come to a bridge it's a wooden bridge badly broken down and the artifact in your hand tries to direct you to go over to the other side of the bridge how far approximately is it from one side to the other the gap is not that uh, far it's about 30 feet from one side of the broken bridge to the other and when you look on the other side you see some trees very old look very fragile dead and leafless and there's some stones about five feet high five feet wide but they're very crooked okay i will use misty step i'm briefly surrounded by silvery mist and i teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see and you have magically transported yourself to the other side on this side the path continues first you have to go about 15 feet downhill hmm. and then it's a long path crooked as well in a straight north direction and you walk it's quiet you're thirsty you're tired then suddenly you hear a voice a voice very familiar to you it sounds like your father he calls out to you Sovan, 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 my boy, my boy, help me, help me. It's your mother, mother. She's dying, dying. No, no, I, I, I can't. Help me, Sovan, Sovan. We can save her, save her. Please, please. We are very ill, very ill. What's up? Please, boy, boy. You are only hope. Could it be? Is this this? Is it the future? No, it can't be. Father! Father! Yes, yes. Sovan, yes. yes. I hear you. Come, 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 come. And as you look more clearly at this person, your father, the guy you once in the life saw up to as a strong man, looks old, weakened, starved, and sickly. You can you help, can us, help boy. us, boy. Please, please, please. Come, come, come. His arms stretch out to you. Help, save us, save us. Father, answer, Father, me. answer me. Tell me my Tell name. name. And the father looks at you strangely. Takes his hand, lowers them by his side. You see him looking down on the earth. The sad, broken face. And a heinous smile comes on it. <laughs> and it dissipates in the shadow. For it knew not your full name. But only what it heard. That you were called right before you came to the Shadowfell. Alright. All right. Turn my head. And follow the path again.
Oh, my mind's playing tricks on me. I'll just, uh, I'll keep my, I'll try to keep a cool head, and I'll just follow the path again. And I think to myself, God, God damn it, so damn it, so just, just focus. And I'll walk towards uh, where this amulet is leading me. Okay, so you continue the path, this crooked path, and it takes you about 50 feet farther, and then you come to this giant hill, and there is a path up the hill. The start of the path seems to be made out of wood, like in stairs, but it's crooked, going also zigzag up. It looks fragile. You see dried up ponds and rivers by both sides. You see old trees, broken, dried and dead, leafless on both sides. You see crooked, broken stones. This looks like something out of a Tim Burton movie. When you look at the top of the hill, you see the crusted broken moon behind it, giving whatever little glow of light. But you feel the sense of hope and purpose, and the vibration of the artifact in your hand becomes more intensified as well. You are getting close. Now the hill upward is bent this way, that the small faint of light of the moon that you saw kind of vanishes behind the hill as you walk upwards. And all of a sudden, it's complete darkness again. Halfway up the hill. <sighs> Alright, I'll take my dagger once more. And I'll use the cantrip light on it. And use it, you know, like a torch. And as your dagger light up, there's this creature standing like inches away from your face. It looks horrid by the look of it. And as soon as the light hits its face, it screeches in pain. And it turns into a thousand ravens flying off away from you. This this could prove useful. And I'll try to walk up you walk up the stairs, you kind of hear a lot of movement, but you can't see anything. And it comes very close, and as soon as you turn your blade to look what it is, the sound goes away from you again, like trying to avoid the light. And when you've walked about 50 feet more uphill, the light of the moon starts to come again behind it. And you reach the top of the hill. And as you reach the top of the hill, this dim light from the moon seems ever so bright in this dark world. And the moon seems like it's huge in size, but it's broken and cracked. But you see, standing in the middle of the, the moon, about 60 feet away, there's this broken tree, but this tree has leaves on it. The leaves are completely black, and the tree is black as well, and the crooked path leads directly to it. And at the end of it, you see this shadowy figure of a humanoid standing with his hand reached out to you. Hello? 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 He just stares at you. Are you the one I'm searching for? There seems to be no respond, but the hand is stretched out. He just stands completely still holding his hand, almost waving you to come. Alright, I'll just double, I'll double check the amulet to see if it's just still vibrating like it wants me to be here or anything else. The sensation you had before that it's pulling your arm upwards has stopped. But the vibration in your hand is still there, 
and as you open your palm it looks like this triangle is pointing directly at this figure standing in front of you. Okay, I'll walk towards him. Yes, okay. You walk towards him. The entire time as you walk closer to him, he stands completely still without saying a word. And as you get close, you see the likeness of the shadow figure yeah. like a giant man. <coughs> he is standing there with both his hands out arms stretched to you and when you get about 15 feet away from him he takes one of his arms behind his back and the other left arm is stretched out still and he opens his hand and then you feel the sensation of being drained as the power is sucked out of you what's happening What's happening? What's happening? What are you doing? What are you doing? Your shadow blade that reveals from your hand at moments of danger leaves you. I feel like, I feel like a part of me has left me. If I try to, uh, I'll try to conjure a minor illusion to see if it works. And as you try to cast your spell, you seem that it simply doesn't work like it used to. Like nothing happens. Something's wrong. Something has changed. Why are you doing this to me? Still no answer. It just looks at you. Then all of a sudden, out of his hand comes the shadowy blade you've been wielding all this time. And it's pointing directly at you. I'll try to walk into the shadow to see if it hurts me. Okay, yeah, as or before you try to walk into the shadowy blade, can you make a perceptions check for me? Natural 20. Excellent, nice. Well, you notice as you are to walk into this blade of shadow, the blade seems to be missing the tip. It looks like it's broken off. And this being okay. just standing there completely still, not saying a word still, holding the blade right in front of your face. And you feel the intensity of the vibration in your hand becoming stronger and stronger. I will take my artifact, I'll lift it up and try and place it on the tip of the sword. As you take your artifact up and try to put it on the tip of the sword, it fits perfectly. And as it slips on, a strong explosion of light covers as far as the eye can see. And you see the shadowy figure being revealed as this beautiful Asimar warrior in full glory. And the shadowy blade that you've been wielding for so long has turned into this glorious steel blade which is encrusted in gold around the edges. It is the most beautiful blade you have ever seen in your life. Holy Valera, what's happening? But all this revelation happens in the blink of an eye and then again is turned into shadow. I'll just bow my head 
and accept whatever's gonna happen. And then the Shadow Asimar takes his blade, points the tip, so it touches your forehead, and it seems to burn a mark on your head. And then you feel a rush of intense power pressing onto your forehead, and then all of a sudden, an explosion of light covers the entire Shadowfell. It blows trees, tipping them over, the earth cracks, and the whole ground shakes in vibrations. And you feel the power of the shadow coming back into you. But it just feels more powerful than it has ever done before. You have never felt so much power so close to you. It is unbelievable. You feel you have become more powerful than before. Amazing. Before anything, I'll ask, who are you in Celestial? I'll try to see if I can bring my thoughts into speech. My name is Asuram the Mighty, the Betrayed. The fallen, the fallen, the dead, dead. Ashra. You are the you chosen, are the young, young Sovan, my instrument. instrument. You have you made, whole made whole that which that was broken. broken. My, blade my blade of glory, Umbra Mortis. And I and give I it, give to, it you to you now, now in, in full, full. And, and channel, channel my, my power, power to you. To you. Were you bound to the Shadowfell before? I cannot I can escape, escape this place, place of shadow. shadow. Oh. oh. Yet, yet through you, you I can I taste Ariana again. again. Umbra Mortis has the power to send the slain here to the Shadow Shell. It was once a power of light, but now shadow inflames it. By Valra, you are chosen. Since I have been sent here, I have not, I have uttered, not uttered a single, a single word, word. This is waiting this is for now. now. For I have for only, I have only few, words few words left, left to, utter. to utter. Then, then I will I never, will be, never able be able to speak, to speak again. again. This, place this place will not allow, will it. allow it. My, My priest, priest Iris, Iris will tell you what you need to know, Sovan. Now do our task. Avenge my death, my betrayal, and serve Valra. I... I... I don't know what to say. I'm... I'm completely overwhelmed. But I do accept this mission. And I thank you for trusting me. Wield Umbra Mortis once more. 
in its full capacity. And I'll try to summon it. This time, when you summon your blade, Umbra Mortis, it comes out as a real sword with a velvet red handle. The blade itself is clear steel and around the sharp edges is made out of gold. But the sword is inflamed in shadow this time. I will lift it up in the air and I'll scream FOR VALRA! Now as you stand there with your sword in your hand reached up to the sky yelling a powerful beam of divinic light comes from the heaven crashing upon you cracking the ground underneath you and you are sucked out of the shadow fell. And you hear as you float away the last words uttered by Asuran. It is done. Go with Valra. You have become the last missionary. Then all of a sudden you wake up on the table of Iris's house, like gasping for air. <gasps> you have returned. Whoa, a lot has been revealed to Soan Wilferen. I think Iris has a lot of explaining to do, and we will get to that. But next episode we're gonna follow back Hunter, played by Marshton and Kedal, played by Bastian. Thanks for the day, guys. See you soon. Thanks for stopping by.